the dark pouches under his eyes echoing the flab in his gut. He needs his thirty laps to drain away anxiety, get his blood flowing, and make him feel sufficiently worn out to fall asleep without a Valium and another scotch. The pool has been skimmed, at least. That's supposed to be his son's job, but Henry rarely notices that it needs skimming. Rarely notices much at all, in fact. Henry seemed stunned when Arthur told him the house has to go on the market, though this would be patently obvious to anyone living here and even minimally aware of anyone's needs but his own. Time to grow up, baby boy. That's a line from a musical comedy Arthur and his wife wrote. Show Off was supposed to star Judy Holliday and Dean Martin, but she dropped out to have throat surgery. And then, of course, there was the breast cancer. Tragic for her. Tragic for audiences to lose such a brilliant comedic talent. Arthur first met Judy way back when. He closes his eyes and tries to remember. He must have been working as assistant stage manager at the long-ago-raised Center Theater in Manhattan, a gorgeous Art Deco arc at 49th and 6th. Late nights after the show, he'd take the subway down to the village where Judy performed a cabaret act with Betty Comden and Adolph Green, accompanied at the piano by fellow unknown Leonard Bernstein. They were all so young, so talented. Show-off could have been big, should have been big. Would have kicked his and Gloria's career back into high gear. Plus, he'd have scored a producing credit and points on the back end. Even with the studio's creative bookkeeping, eventually it might have earned him a decent-sized pool and enough in the bank that he could have offered to help out his kids when they needed it. But he's not out of the game yet. His book could catapult him back onto the A-list. It's the quintessential Horatio Alger story. He'll write the screenplay, direct the film version, cast a great actor in the lead, someone capable of nuance, subtlety, a little comedic flair. Maybe he'll give himself a walk-on cameo. Arthur runs his fingers back and forth through his hair, still dark and thick and curly, about the only good thing that both he and Henry inherited from Arthur's father. Then he stretches, arms wide, fingers splayed, inhales deeply, coughs. He tries to imagine his girls, ingenues, as they were once called, perched around the edge of the pool. He sees the camera panning from one to the next, sliding appreciatively across cleavage and shapely leg, then over to him as he smiles benevolently back at them. Give a little, get a little. That's always been his motto. Only lately he's been getting just that, a little, and sometimes not even that. He adjusts his swim goggles over his eyes, His girls, if they were really there, would be a golden blur now. The camera dolly would have faded into murky darkness. He imagines it tracking him as he steps slowly, deliberately to the deep end of the pool. The wall of his garage, lit by a wavery glow, makes an eerie backdrop as his shadow creeps up it, nearly reaching the windows of his second-floor office.
In a film, it would feel like foreshadowing. Very dramatic. Perhaps a bit melodramatic. At least that's what Gloria would have said, and she'd have been right. Arthur faces the pool, centers himself. Three long strides and he feels the concrete apron around the pool under his bare foot. A leap and he's airborne, outstretched and arcing in a racing dive. He lands more heavily than he'd like, and the water is a lot colder than he expects, but the initial shock quickly recedes. He swims, stroke after stroke after stroke, a turn of his head to take a breath. He reaches the far end, barely pausing before pushing off and surging in the opposite direction, back and forth. He's nearing the zone, the place where